0: This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Ali Vingiano, a writer, filmmaker, and actor living in Los Angeles. And now here we are reading a letter from a listener. Would you mind reading our last letter for us?
1: I would love to. Yes. Beat the deadbeat subject. When is it appropriate to be honest about a deadbeat dad to his kids? My girlfriend's ex, we're both women, walked out on their four kids. He just didn't come home one day and sent a text. He has seen them once every few years since then. He'll promise the kids he'll visit a few times a year, make detailed plans, then text my girlfriend that he can't make it after the fact. The kids get excited every time. They ask for special outfits, make him gifts and scrapbooks. Scrapbook is two years old now since his daughter started making it five canceled trips ago. They get their hearts broken each time. I've met him once, and he's not the kind of influence I would want more regularly in the kids' lives anyway. But he could at least talk to them or acknowledge their birthdays or even just stop jerking them around. I get that their mom can't just say he's a jerk, but every time she encourages them to get their hopes up, acts like he'll definitely show up this time, and then makes excuses for him and assures them next time will be different. Watching these kids eagerly rearrange their lives only to be crushed, confused, and blame themselves every time is making me think that this is unhealthy. There's always a few days of behavior problems that only happen after he lets them down. I don't want them growing up thinking they deserve to be treated like this. They have a fantastic, loving mom. And I've been lucky enough to be in their lives for three years. But I feel like if we start talking honestly about his behavior and telling the kids that they didn't have to bend over backwards for someone who might not show up, wouldn't that be a positive lesson? Or would it cause them more stress and put them in the middle, like my girlfriend thinks? I can't stand that he gets to hurt them over and over. They're seven, eight, 10, and 14 for context. This is a really tough one.
0: Yeah, this one is deeply, deeply sad, um, which I know the letter writer already knows. And I'm just really sorry. I think one of the things that must be hardest, especially about coming into like a blended family or like a multi-generational family or a family with multiple sets of like parents or parents-to-be, I don't know how formal your like co-parenting role is with your girlfriend um, right now, letter writer. But yeah, part of what is often really sad is you can kind of see in real time, like, ah, these are the sort of like childhood traumas that are likely to shape a lot of your emotional trajectory as a person, I can see it happening. Um, That's really hard. Um, I did have a certain sense as I was reading this of like where I was landing in terms of what interventions I think are and aren't available for the letter writer, but We can get to those in a minute. I'm sort of curious if you had any sort of initial impressions here, anything that you thought in particular that the letter writer should really avoid doing or really make sure that she tries to do any big standouts.
1: I think the tough thing about this is that both partners are right. Um, You know, saying your dad's a jerk and he sucks is going to maybe put them in the middle. And also it would be a positive lesson for them to learn that they don't have to have, you know, accept this behavior, nor should they. Um, And it's also hard because this person is the letter writer is an outsider in this family. Um, So I, I really sympathize with it. Um, And I'm curious to know what conversations you and your girlfriend have had, because it's not super clear how much you've talked about it, but I agree with the letter writer that her girlfriend should not continue to let the father of her children have this emotional control over the kids' lives. Um, it is really, really tough, and I do think it will damage these kids in the long run. I think it would be good to try to start a conversation about how that could be achieved without putting the kids in the middle without telling them their father, you know, sucks and they should never see him again, whether it's maybe if he says he's going to come by, just tell them. Don't tell them. Say, you know, there's going to be a surprise this weekend. Keep the schedule open. And then if he doesn't show up, you know, go take them out to a nice dinner or go, you know, plan an alternative thing. That could be a fun surprise for the kids. Um, I certainly, if this was my family, would say I would never tell them if their father was coming. And if he came, it would be a fun thing. And, you know, I would allow them to see him. But I wouldn't want to continue to raise these expectations only to have them heartbroken and then, you know, having these behavior problems follow. That's my instincts.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really share, obviously, this sense of, you know, your girlfriend's ex sounds like, you know, a pretty disappointing shading into sadistic person. Um, If he is like multiple times a year texting the kids saying, get excited. I'm coming to see you. And then the day of texting his ex and saying, you got to break it to the kids. I am not going to be there. Um, that's horrible. Um, that's, that's deeply, deeply sad just to even hear about. Um, I also, as, as you sort of gestured to earlier, um, am also aware that this letter writer is not an actual parent. In this situation, and that's not to, again, I don't know a lot, letter writer, about um, how many child caring duties you may or may not have taken on over the last three years, um, or whether or not you and your girlfriend live together. So I I don't mean to say like you're not involved in their lives, or they don't love you, or you don't love them. It's just that it's a little bit unclear uh, how formal your relationship is. And so one of the things that I'm really aware of reading this letter is, you know, letter writer, this might be a good opportunity for you to think about on your end and also possibly to talk about with your girlfriend, whether or not you would like to potentially formalize your relationship to these kids. Um, Whether that involves at some point um, uh, getting married to your partner, whether that might at some point involve adopting any of the kids um, both because it's clear that you really, really care about them. And also, you know, I hate to like read a letter about a mostly happy couple and think about it with an eye towards like, well, what if, what if you split up? But, you know, um, I'm very aware that like, if you're, if you and your girlfriend broke up tomorrow and she didn't want you to see the kids anymore, you would have no uh, legal recourse to to being in their lives and again, I'm not suggesting that she's about to do that I just um i I think this is maybe a good opportunity to sort of think about at least in terms of things that you you two have within your control um, outside of her shitty shitty ex is maybe thinking about how can we figure that out and again it does not have to be he is so bad that i'm gonna step in and like become your other parent and you have to all forget that he exists you don't have to frame it that way with your partner or with the kids but to talk about whether or not she's open to that whether or not the kids are open to that ways that you could you know formalize your relationship with them such that you know they might like just you know all the basics, right? Like they might be able to benefit from life insurance in the event that you like died tragically and unexpectedly um that you would be able to, you know um help your girlfriend make decisions if anyone, you know, God forbid, had to go to the hospital. um just the basics, the the reasons that people, you know, adopt their children or formalize their relationships with their partners to to make things easier. So I, I would actually maybe suggest that that be the place where you focus your energy first and foremost. If only because that is the place where you have the most ability to uh, affect change. And then outside of that, you know, I, I agree, this guy's the worst. And I'm so sorry. I also agree that I think the way your girlfriend has been handling his attempts to like make arrangements and then bail has been maybe really well intended, but probably counterproductive. But there's also a real limit to how much you can influence her choices. So I would encourage you to go in with a very light touch. You know, if you say to your girlfriend, you're making things worse, you are making things harder for your kids, you are setting them up for further trauma down the line, regardless of how much I might personally agree with you, there's a real chance that you will make her defensive or turn her off. So I would really encourage you to have a more sort of open-ended conversation of, I think I've kind of noticed a pattern over the last two years about these gifts. Have you noticed it too? Um. How how are you doing with it? How does it feel? Um, have you noticed the kids' reactions afterwards? Just to sort of get a sense of like where she's at. And if it seems like she's closer to getting on a similar page, you might be able to share a few more of your thoughts. And um, I don't know, potentially ask if she's open to reconfiguring some of the ways that she responds. But again, I would do it with questions first before offering advice um, and really stress that they are her kids and it is her call. Um, Does that seem reasonable to you? Does that feel like too much walking on eggshells? I want to be able to leave room for disagreement here.
1: I agree that it's good to start with questions of like, don't you, you know, do you see, it's hard to not be a leading in a question, but like, even if it's like, I've noticed that they get really upset after he, you know, and behave like this, like, what do you think? Like anything to sort of invite a conversation without placing too much blame on her parenting style. Um, I think would benefit. And also if you go to couples therapy, this is something you could discuss in couples therapy in a really safe way that could be really benefit you guys. I think Um, I, I do think it's a conversation that you do need to have with her, especially because you say the kids blame themselves every time. And I think that's a real, that really stands out to me as something that You should talk to the you know, that that should be something that you guys also can talk to the kids about and let them know that this has nothing to do with them. And they're not the reason why this is happening um, and that the blame does need to be placed on their father. Um, So if there is a way to tread lightly and have that conversation with your girlfriend, I I think that's a great idea. And I also wonder this might be a little crazy (laughs) if there's a conversation that can be had with the father, um, with the two of you. I don't know yet exactly how I feel about this so I'm just throwing it out there as if this happens again I assume he texts your girlfriend and if if that happens in the future is that something that you three can talk about or you can talk about with her in that moment hey do you want to talk to him about how why this behavior is not okay and and what we're going to do about this to to avoid this from happening again um I don't know the relationship but
0: It sounds like the letter writer has only met him I want it to end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that's possible. Certainly, I don't want to, like, foreclose that possibility. If that were to be a conversation that that happened, I would encourage the letter writer to mostly be there, like, as a support for her girlfriend because she's only met this guy once. They don't really have um, a history of any kind of conversation. And so there's just going to be a limit to how much she can – share with him but again just because these are your your girlfriend's children um, if if you cannot convince your girlfriend to change the way that she handles her ex's trips much as I, I hope that you might be able to um, then in that case, unfortunately there's no good um, way for you to work around that that would not either sabotage your own relationship with her or perhaps paradoxically make things a little bit harder for the kids. Like, you know, I want you to try to encourage her to reconsider some of the ways that she, like, tells the kids to drop everything and communicates when he cancels the plans afterwards. I think it'd be wonderful if she could say, you know, make the plans with me. If you're able to make it, we will try to make it. But if not, we're not going to do this again. But if she's not willing to do that, I don't think it would make things better if you said afterwards to any of the kids, your your dad's bad and he shouldn't be doing this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not because that wouldn't be. True. It's just especially for the younger kids, like for a seven and an eight-year-old, um, because you would not have the sort of like ability to make the necessary changes that a custodial parent has. Um, I, I think it would be like handing them something that they're not quite old enough to to hold yet. And so again, maybe like one of the things you and your partner can discuss is the possibility of having some version of the conversation with the 14-year-old. And maybe in a year or two, the 10-year-old. You know, I think 14 is is potentially old enough to have a, a, and again, it doesn't mean that your girlfriend has to say, like, your dad is a bad person. Um, Like, none of this has to mean we want you to hate your dad or um, we want you to criticize him. Like, if she's worried about seeming disloyal or about, like, impeding the kids' relationships with their own father, I think you can really, that's not, that's not in danger of happening.
1: And I think it's the fear of the mom being blamed for everything. I think it's, like, the mom being, like, your dad sucks and the kids being, like, you know, fuck you, mom. Like, you don't get to tell me that. Like, I think you have this tendency as a teenager to just really, I mean, so much is going on. You don't really understand how to process your emotions. And I think you, the mom gets blamed all the time for things that are not her fault.
0: Yeah, and I it's think. really easy to romanticize the parent who's left because they're not exactly. there. And so you can create a whole, you know? like, the little princess type fantasy of like, my dad's great. He's just, uh, you know, in another country or he's trapped by weird forces or it's like a wrinkle in time scenario okay. where he's on camazots mm-hmm. and someday we're going <laughs> to spend time together and it's going to be amazing.
1: And you know, the less fun version of it of like there's something wrong with my mom so my dad left.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, like it's it's also just really really sad and I wish that there were more that I could say in terms of interventions that you could offer, but you also just there's no way to say to a 7-year-old stop getting your hopes up about your dad that's not also damaging. And I really hope that your girlfriend listens to you and reconsiders the way in which she may have inadvertently be making things harder on the kids by encouraging them to really get invested in these plans. And again, there's, there's, I think, I won't say a happy medium, but a medium to be found between helping the kids really, really, really gear up for visits that keep falling through versus saying, you know, don't get excited about your dad, don't love your dad, don't want to see your dad. Um, she does not have to choose between like one of two awful extremes. She can um, serve more as a buffer. She can um, maybe consider taking the kids to family therapy for a little while, like not all together, like everyone in the same room, but like it might benefit the kids, especially if you've noticed that it's really hard on them in the days afterwards. She's open to that. If that's something that your healthcare plan allows for, that might be useful too.
1: What I love about this letter is it's so clear that this letter writer cares so much about this family and her girlfriend. I think that the idea of maybe getting married or maybe becoming a more permanent part of this family is is a if it seems like that's what this letter writer wants, and so I I do encourage that, and I think that you know maybe before that happens or as it's happening, to start having these conversations with your girlfriend and talk about the role that you do play as a You know, I know it's only been three years, so maybe it's too soon, but eventually talking about the role that you do play as a guardian to these kids and what is okay um, to and and to start having these conversations together about the father so that you do know what it's okay to talk about with the children. Um, I agree you can't tell a seven year old their dad sucks, Um, (laughs) but maybe you could start taking steps, having these conversations with your girlfriend so that you together can have be on the same page and have a different approach to how you handle these situations.
0: Yeah. I think my last thought on this subject, because again, so much of this, I'm just aware of my own limitations and the letter writer's limitations. Um, You know, that first question, when is it appropriate to be honest about a Debbie dad to his kids? I both really understand why you were asking that question. And also I would say my answer to that question for the most part is kind of not in the way that you want. Um, I don't think that there's necessarily ever going to be a moment where these kids are going to be able to say, "God, that guy's just the fucking worst," and you'll be able to respond the way that you might when venting with a peer. So I would encourage you to also like find other friends or a therapist of your own or both that you can occasionally like discuss this with and say, like, "It's really hard to watch and I really hate this guy," um, because you do need that place to vent. But for I think maybe obvious reasons his kids are not ever going to be the right place for you to do that and that's not to say that maybe at some point one of these kids won't say and they're older that really was awful I really hated that Um, and you won't be able to like offer a lot of like I'm so sorry you deserved so much better I also hated that but that can't shade then into yeah your dad's a piece of shit just because like that's one of those things that you really need to let somebody either volunteer or bring to you or not say at all. You know, they're going to figure out their own way of relating to their particular dad's particular way of dis- being disappointing. They might never resent or dislike him as much as you do. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think they're really the best thing that you can do is let them direct what they want to say about their dad. Make it really clear that you're available to be there for them when they're sad. And, you know, you cannot single handedly make up for his failures, you can provide them with stability and love and support. Guesses is they will eventually they'll figure it out you know probably the 14 year old is starting to figure it out um my, my guess is at some point they will mostly end up on the side of like my dad was a piece of shit and I don't think that they are going to um I hope that they don't like unnecessarily put any of the blame on you but um that's also going to be one of their things I'm afraid
1: Yeah. I mean, what you just said, like, I think it's so smart or like just the perfect thing. It's like all you can do is love and support these kids and be there for them. And that's going to mean so much to them. Um, And I think that is the best thing that you could possibly do in this situation. The... When is it appropriate to be honest about a deadbeat dad? It's it, yeah, it's sort of never like even adult, even friends of mine. I'm like, you're a mom. And I could. But then, you know, I could never say it because I know they love they love them so much and you understand their flaws, but you don't want other people talking shit about the people you love and you don't really ever understand someone's relationships with their with their family members and. You
0: know <laughs> I, th- <laughs> this, I think that's is- such a good like general note to end on because I think my usual rule is like I have some friends who I know are in a similar boat to me, um, and we have communicated pretty clearly with one another, you know, if we're gonna vent about dads today, we can say anything we we know where we're all at we're he is in bitch eating crackers phase, which is just like he could eat a cracker, and I would be angry with him for it, um, and then with everybody else, I observe the general rule of. I never say anything that is more than half as intense as what they have themselves said. I don't get close. I don't, you know, people will often want to feel the freedom to say things that are like pretty heated about their own parents. And then if you not even necessarily like try to exceed it, but if you just get within spitting distance, they will find that they feel differently about it. Um, and I just think it is best not ever to... uh air in that direction you could even you could even bring that number down to 25% but just let people vent about their own parents and then stick to things like i'm really sorry that's really hard you didn't deserve that kind of treatment rather than here's the kind of person that i think this person is
1: yeah and i mean these kids could be in their 30s before they really ever let have this realization about their dad and like that's okay like it just has ha- I mean it's it sucks but it has to happen on their own terms and it it is like their journey of realizing who he is and the relationship they want to have with him so I think sort of an acceptance and letting go of the idea that you can control it will be helpful
0: Yeah, and letting go of, you know, with a friend or a peer, it might be possible to envision a conversation where you kind of help someone get at the answer of like, wow, my dad was a bad person and they feel kind of a sense of freedom from it. That is not going to happen with these kids who you are also in like a semi-parenting role with and you are talking about their dad who they love. It will always involve questions of like identity and worthiness and how they fit into the universe. And so if you were to say your dad is not a good guy and I'm, you know, you're kind of hoping like we're naming reality, they're going to feel some weird relief. Um, Again, that is something that will happen with a peer, potentially in the right circumstance, but not with these kids in this time in their lives. And it's so clear to me that this letter writer adores these kids and wants the best for them. So I'm not worried about them erring too far in any direction, but...
1: I just have one thing, which you can cut, but <laughs> I feel ridiculous comparing this letter to a TV comedy, but I am a TV writer, so I constantly think about TV, and I'm remembering that there is a New Girl episode that is about Schmidt realizing his dad keeps making plans and canceling, and this has been happening his whole life, and he's coming to terms with this relationship with his father in his 30s, and um, or in his 20s, I forget how old he is, um, which m- maybe if you can find it, I don't remember the name of the episode, but might might have be something you can relate to in some way but um it does remind me that like people have their own journeys to get to come to and it could happen you know these kids might love and want to or might keep letting their dad disappointment them for a long time but eventually they will be okay